the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, a new live local show on K-Praise designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. Well, my friends, welcome to Come Together San Diego and this very special broadcast that we do at the end of every month. It's called the Align with Zion Hour. And no, 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 I don't do it by myself. I uh, San Diego does it with the help of Jerusalem. <laughs> and I want you to meet a dear friend, Anarina Hyman, who is the head of Align with Zion and AlignWithZion.com. And this is the hour that we spend diving deeply into biblical Hebrew things. And Anarina gives us the Orthodox Jewish perspective and uh, from the Tanakh. And I, what I call the Old Testament, we blend those together and see what the creator of the universe wants to tell us. And this is one of the most remarkable times. Actually, I believe is the re- most remarkable time in the biblical Hebrew calendar. This is the time of the seventh month coming into the seventh month uh, from the month of Elul into this time frame of the tabernacles, the, the, the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and the uh, Feast of Tabernacles. And Anarina has been excited shall I say, excited to share some of the insights from her perspective. I'm going to let her launch out into this. And, of course, Kaz can't be kept too quiet about this topic. So, Anarina, good to have you, and uh, give it to us. Shalom, shalom, Kaz. <laughs> I, think, I think we are both very excited if I listen to, to you speaking, Kaz. So, so that is very amazing. Yes, um, to my understanding, uh, we are broadcasting this literally two days before Rosh Hashanah. So we are coming to the end of Elul. Um, very, very important time. We mentioned last time that this is a time when the king is in the field. Before the king sits on his throne, um, and that is the seat of judgment that happens on Rosh Hashanah, for a month he comes down to the workers in the field and he sits with you. In modern day terms, we can say that the boss is waiting at your desk he wants to um, speak to you. He wants to go over your year and see how we can, what were the great things that you've achieved? Yes. Um, where are the places where you can um, better yourself in, and that kind of thing. And all that happens in Elul. And Rosh Hashanah, which is in the first of Tishrei, is such a beautiful and such an important um, time. Because, um, just for our listeners, interestingly enough, that the creation of the world started in the month of Elul, on the 25th day of Elul. Um, that is very important because that's also the time when Nehemiah and Nehemiah finished the 52-day period of rebuilding the walls. So um, both of those things happened on that day. So we, had, we have the first um, five days 
Elul as the first five days of creation. And on the sixth day that falls on the first of Tishrei, the month of Tishrei is Rosh Hashanah. Rosh means the head. Hashanah means the year. So it's the head of the year. In fact, uh, do, no, I, I know I'm just going to jump in periodically, but one of the things yeah. I'm learning yeah. on Arena as I look at the, the month, yeah. uh, the, there are mm-hmm. the pivotal times, and there is a time frame called the Rosh Kadesh, which is the head of the, the month, which we deal with all through the year, to the 12 different months, and those are pivotal times. Correct. But when you take, it's Correct. called... Rosh Hashanah, that is the pivotal of the pivotal times. It's not only the head of the month, but it's also the head of the biblical Hebrew year. And how significant is that? And how significant is this Rosh Hashanah as well? And we're going to talk about that in future segments. Well done. Well (laughs) done. Well done. I just wanted to say on this, so we just saw that um, Rosh Chodesh, means, um, and you have to say it correctly, not um, Kodesh like in um, holy, but Chodesh, and you've got the Chumos, remember the Chumos, <laughs> Chodesh means month, but Chodesh also means um, Chadash, which means you renew yourself, like the moon is renewing itself. And on the top of all these months, we have Rosh Hashanah, which is the head of, of the year, and that is the sixth day of creation, and that was the creation of Adam or Adam. And that's why on Rosh Hashanah, we have judgment. That is the day of judgment, because Adam was created on that day. So that's how all these things fall together. Wow, wow, wow. And we can go back to the original biblical text to find the introduction of this in Leviticus 23, you want to uh, kind of give an overview to our listeners there? I mean, the, the, here's the deal, my friend. Sure. God, God has given us the blueprint, and if we look through scriptures, there's really no excuse for us to have missed it, even if you have what I call the Old Testament, the, I won't look at the King James, but the other translations as well. If you really look into it, you have to look a little bit more abstractly in the non-Hebrew writings because it's it's a, a little bit more obscure. But the truth of the matter is this whole time frame has been embedded in Scripture from the beginning, and Leviticus uh, 23 uh, is kind of a springboard into that. Right, Anarina? Also, and you have it here as uh, Numbers 29, verse 1 as well. It's actually... In the verse itself, in the Hebrew, um, it doesn't mention uh, trumpets or, or shofar. It says it's the day of blowing. Um, we know, I, I know that uh, most people in the Christian world refer to the day of trumpets, but they, actually there are no trumpets. We use the shofar right. um, because that's also um, connected to, to, to judgment. Um, and two things on that, Cass. First, let's, let's quit. Before we get to shofar, it's very important to discuss that. But uh, we have to understand that Rosh um, is a b- biblical feast that God gave to the Jewish people. The Jewish people have been keeping Rosh Hashanah for 3,300 years, um, as it is written in the Bible. So we've been keeping it um, for, for a very, very long time. And it is a day of judgment. But on the day of judgment, when God sits on his throne to judge, we never mention once anything where we go um, to ask for forgiveness, to do repentance on that specific day. That we, we will get to when we get to Yom Kippur, the 10 days of awe. Um, and also, we had some time in Elul to start that repentance process. Yes. So Rosh Hashanah, no mention whatsoever of any repentance. The only thing that we do on that day is we crown God as king. My. He sits on his throne, and that is we, we spend our whole day 
only um, reciting verses and and, bring, um, and and crowning God as king again um, over this year, yes. over his world, over his people. That's what we do on yes. Rosh Hashanah. You know, Honorina, let me, let me throw this in here, too, because God is so wonderful. He, I mean, he has so many different uh, perspectives to add in here on this. Mm-hmm. And we, we're talking about Rosh Hashanah and the head of the year and this celebration. But this is not only a celebration in that light, it is also a celebration of of harvests. And this is also, this is the culminating harvest of the year as well. We had the harvest of the barley and of the wheat. And this is the, actually, as I step back and look at it, this is, you know, the, the biggie of the biggie. This is the harvest of harvests. This is the, the, the great, you know, and the olive and the fruit kind of a thing. So this is bringing everything Correct. together in the natural and the spiritual all at the same time. Wow. True, true. We sort of look into those things when we get to Sukkot. Um, that's when we start focusing again on the harvest and what we have brought in in the year. Um, um, but on Rosh Hashanah itself, it's literally just putting your focus on God and God alone, and not even what we have achieved or any kind of what, what we've reaped from our actions, etc., etc. And I just want to mention, I don't know if the listeners know about this, but this is also important for people that have been struggling and been asking for release or breakthrough in, in areas of their life, because on Rosh Hashanah, both Sarah, Sarah um, Rachel, Rachel, and Hannah, Hannah, um, all three of them received an answer of, um, from God that they will have children. All of that happened on Rosh Hashanah. Oh my. And also Joseph, Yosef, was released from prison on this day. So it's a very, very strong day, Kat, <laughs> which we can understand. <laughs> it is indeed. God is doing amazing, amazing things. You mentioned the, the blowing of the, 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 the shofar and that kind of thing. Yes. Um, I've got a few things on my side, but I just want to hear from your side first. Well, my, um, my take on this, and, I, and once again, I, I take back and I'm looking at the panorama that is the head of the mm-hmm. year. And this is not yeah. only the head of the year, but also this is the head of a decade. Uh, this is coming mm-hmm. into, mm-hmm. In, in, from a Hebrew perspective, in the number of years, uh, the uh, 5779 is what we are leaving uh, during, at, at the, at the Feast of Trumpets. We're leaving 5779 and entering into the uh, 5780. There's a major spiritual transition that goes from there as well. And we've got about a minute, minute and a half left in this segment. So I'm going to ask you to just really quickly embellish this. And we're going to dive into so many other things. But I think sure. this is important sure. to mention. The, the uh, yeah. 5779 is the year, the, the decade of the Ayn, uh, the, the I, and we're transforming or transitioning into the year of the, I don't know how to pr- pronounce it exactly, P-E-Y, P-E-Y which okay. is the, the year of the month. So it's time for the stuff that God has been giving you all along for this entire decade. Seeing it is to speak it out. So, Honorina, take about one minute to kind of, we'll just brush, do a brush stroke over this, and then we'll dive into other things for the next sure. segment. I think I think that's um, uh, quite a biggie because pay, um, the numerical value of pay, and this is going to be the, the year coming, is, is 80. And we know that 8 and 80 always takes you to another level. You have, uh, we've culminated into something in the natural and it's taking you um, to the next level. So that is pay. But remember at the same time that Israel is now in her 70s, 
So we still have the character of the iron that will carry us through for another decade. But in the calendar, we're yes. also now moving towards the pay, which is the mouth, which is an opening, which means an opening is being made. And there will be a lot of witnessing um, on what God is about to do on a completely different level. But we can do, speak a little bit more about in yes. the next section. In fact, speaking of the next segment, I have to, we have to jump into a commercial break right now. But up next, we're going to talk it. about the 10 days of awe, the first 10 days of this brand mm-hmm. new month of Tishri. And we're going to mm-hmm. talk about that and their spiritual significance when Honorina and I come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. And we're back with Align with Zion, the Align with Zion Hour. Let's talk a little bit more as we progress here from the introduction of this month, this seventh month in the Hebrew biblical calendar, into some of the logistics behind it. The, the first time frames there uh, upon the blowing of the shofar are the ten days of awe. When, when, when would you like to—I'm going to hand it over to you, uh, and you can carry this, uh, their master craftswoman, and, and I'll follow behind. The most important here, um, Cass, we just spoke about the line of Zion. Um, the reason why I have this project is really to make people aware of the fact that there are certain um, elements and character, uh, characteristics and dynamics that God used by which he governs his world. One of those things are very much um, what we're into today is the Hebrew calendar, the festivals, um, that play, it, it really plays a pivotal part in, in how we can serve God to the best of our abilities if we can move with Him. So we just spoke about the law, and uh, we know that the shofar, except for on Shabbat, we know that the shofar is being blown for, for the whole month. It is a, a, um, a wake-up call. Um, the shofar... The sound, the shofar literally wakes your soul up. Um, and it is a time, as we say, of accounting and making sure that we get straight before God sits on the judgment seat. On Rosh Hashanah, we have been um, the blowing of the shofar. Um, and, and that's the day, uh, Kaz, and this is so important. We know that at the end of your life, you will stand before God. The book of your life will be opened and you're going to have to explain what's going on and what happened and what didn't happen. But what most people don't know is that every year on Rosh Hashanah, um, God sits and judges the world, and every person is inscribed for his year in, on that day. And if you know this, you can, you can just orientate yourself much better um, into um, understanding um, how to approach this day. Now, on the day of, of Rosh Hashanah, the shofar in the synagogues, in the Jewish synagogues, we blow it a hundred times, Kaz. Um, if you think blowing the shofar <laughs> once a day or so is, is something for a whole month, the culmination of that is um, blowing the shofar a hundred times during the services um, on that day, uh, on uh, um, Rosh Hashanah, and there are three kinds of blowing the shofar. We have three, three kinds of um, sounds, 
And the teruah, which also seen in the Bible, is a, it's a very long kind of sound that alerts your soul. And then we have another one, um, that's the tekiah, sorry, that's the tekiah. And then we have the teruah. Teruah is like a broken sound. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a few blows um, um, in, in one breath. And then you have the shvarim. It's a very short, broken, it's almost like a sobbing. And, and so the shofar is communicating with your soul and communicating with God, our hearts towards him um, on this day. So, so let, me, shofar, let me ask you a question, because I'm, I'm a beginning shofar blaster, and you mentioned the three <laughs> blasts, but there is, I guess, if, depending yeah. on how you look at it, at it, there is another blast, too, and it's the... Um, Teruah Gadola, isn't that a, like an extended blast yeah, to draw greater attention? Exactly, that's the Tekiah Gadola, and that's actually twice uh, we have it um, on, on Rosh Hashanah, and at the end of Yom Kippur, um, we also blow the Shofar, and it is a very, very, very long sound. Um, it it, it um, reminds us of the day when God gave us the Ten Commandments, which will bring us now into the Ten Days of All. The Ten um, command when He gave us not just the Ten Commandments, but all the commandments um, on um, Mount Sinai, there was the, the people of Israel woke up with the sound of a, a very long sound of a shofar yes. um, that blew. Um, so, so that is connected to, to the blowing of that shofar. My listening friend, hang on just for a second. My, my listening friend, you, what you need to realize here is we in the United States, we're acclimated to the value of a trumpet blast. I mean, well, a lot of times we hear the trumpet blast. There are trumpet blasts uh, in the U.S. that the military blows for, you know, for different reveries and different kind of things like that. But, but but they're they're meant to command attention. When you hear that trumpet blast, you go something's happening. But in you know in the, in the Hebrew biblical perspective, these things are major significant, major significant. So my friend, every time you hear about you know look through the scripture, throughout scripture, there's a ta- there's references to the blowing of the trumpet uh, in many of the Old Testament. Prophetical books you will hear of the shofar, of yeah. the shofar, the shofar, and, and, I, and, and I, inter, I, inter, I interchange trumpet with shofar sometimes, and maybe I shouldn't. But uh, but but there's a the the value of this is more than just you know um, aesthetic or audible. It is to command attention and to say, wake up! It's time to pay attention to what God wants you to know, Honorina. Correct, correct, Kaz. Um, actually, in the Bible, there are two sounds. The one is that of the shofar, which is very much more um, the same as, as the human voice. That's why the shofar will wake you on, on levels that a trumpet can't. But then you have, um, during the times of war, that the silver, the silver trumpet, um, they had to blow the silver trumpet, and that's also written in the Bible. So trumpets do uh, feature in the Bible, but on different occasions. Yes. Um, when it comes to Rosh Hashanah, it's definitely the shofar. And uh, just before we get into the ten days of all, I just want to say, Kaz, um, uh, we go by the uh, month of Tishrei, as you mentioned, but actually... We know, um, as we mentioned before, that these names were given to the month um, in the time when we were in the Babylonian exile. But this month specifically is actually mentioned in the Bible in 1 Kings 8 verse 2. And there it's mentioned as the month of the strong, the Eitanim. 
So, so it actually it does have a biblical name, and that is called the month of the strong. So we as in S T R O N G, as in strong, as in mighty. The, the strong, mighty. My correct, my, correct. oh my. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So, so we are in the month of Tishrei. We're in the seventh month. Just remember that um, time can also be sanctified. Time is sanctified by sevens. We know it um, according to the Shabbat, according to the Shemitah. Um, and then we also have the seventh month of Tishrei where a massive sanctification um, is taking place. But Cash, you wanted to say something about the 10 days of awe. Let's move. Um, uh, yeah, and, and let me just do this as a footnote, my listening friend. I was born the year, the, the time frame where Israel became a nation. I was actually born in this time frame, the, the, within the 10 days of awe. I was born in that, literally in that time frame. And so to me, that, you know, I pay attention to the birth of the patriarchs and, patriarchs and, 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 and the uh, birth of a nation and things like that. And to me, how God allowed me to be born within the uh, 10 days of awe is significant to me. I just need to tell you that. I mean, to, to, to my, in my heart, I, I say, God, you have stirred this time frame in my personal life. What do I do with it? Thus, I'm so excited that Honorina wants to share about these 10 days of awe. They're personal to me, Honorina. Oh, my goodness, Cass. So, firstly, we know that your birthday is coming up soon. So, happy birthday. Um, and, and like you just said, um, uh, the birthday of the patriarchs, um, both um, Ab- well, all three of them, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, Abram, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, were all born in, in the month of Tishrei. And, so and, and you, one, you, one just a little reminder to you, one, just a reminder, for my birthday, I would love an airline ticket to, to Jerusalem. <laughs> so ju- just, I'm just throwing it out there, Honorina. <laughs> you want to his ears, he's going to have to give you that one. <laughs> but I stand witness, Kaz, I stand witness. <laughs> We've got about two more minutes left in this segment, so how do you want to close this and we'll prepare for the following segment? Um, yeah, let's just quickly give an overview on the 10 days of all. So we definitely have Rosh Hashanah, which is the, the first of those 10 days. And then um, we know that in Yom Kippur, whatever was written in the book on Rosh Hashanah is then going to be um, um, signed and sealed. And, so and, and we, need to say, are, we, we need to say that the, uh, the, 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 the Day of Atonement, as you, you say, uh, Yom Kippur, mm-hmm. is, uh, is the 10 days thereafter. So I, I, I think we presume that our listeners may not be aware of that. You've got the Feast of Trumpets, it. and then so 10 days have, later we, is this remarkable, reverent celebration. So go ahead, Anna. Exactly. Anna, Anna. So we have... Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year, where God sits as a judge and he judges the whole world and every person. And he writes down in his book what's going to happen with you in this year. Then um, nine days later, we have Yom Kippur. And that is whatever was written is then being sealed. But what is this telling you, Cass, that there are nine days in between or actually eight days in between these um, two days um, where something can happen? You're not sealed yet. And that tells you that you have a time of negotiation. <laughs> it's divine negotiation that takes um, place in that time, and you need to know how to negotiate um, in that. And um, just to, to end off, we mentioned it in our previous um, broadcast that we know the whole economical crisis that happened in 2008 happened in these 10 days. So we know that it's very, very 
um, actual, um, and we can relate to this even in modern day times, yes. um, that th- these days are very, very important. <laughs> Anarina Chaimet, I know my listening friend, if you have any interest at all what's going on uh, in the Tanakh, uh, or what we call the Old Testament. You need to pay close attention to this. This is the most pivotal time in, 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 in the Bible, in, in, in Bible, Bible history and, and God's communication to his kids, because this is where it all comes together. And in the next segment, we're going to spend some time talking about what some scriptures relate to the Day of Atonement. Others relate to the perfect day. And this is one of the, the most remarkable time in the biblical calendar. And Honorina and Kaz are going to talk about this when we come right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. This is Judy Ross, co-pastor of Cloud9 Worship Center. San Diego, I am declaring over you, you are the southwest gate of this nation. And through you will pour abundance and greatness and the glory of God. That's what you were created for. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. Man, oh man, does the time fly when you're having a good time. And I'm having a great time with Honorina Hyman and the Align with Zion Hour. And we are talking about this wonderful month. This is the highest of the high day months in all of Israel. This is the time where there's the blowing of the, of the, of the shofar and there's this Day of Atonement and the Feast of Tabernacles. We're just in the middle of this right now. And I'm going to give this back to Honorina. But Honorina, as we look at the Hebrew biblical calendar, we realize that God has highlighted specific days and times for us to pay close attention to. And perhaps the greatest attention needs to be towards the, the, the Yom Kippur or the Day of Atonement. And there are reasons behind that. But you look throughout the entire calendar and it's burgeoning with truths for us to glean and then uh, learn by and go from there. Honorina, I'm going to hand it over to you. Thank you, Cash. Yeah, I just want to say, you know, we start in um, Rosh Hashanah um, when when it's Judgment Day, um, that's on the new moon. So so you start you start humbly. It's a hidden day. You start with trepidation. You know that you're up for judgment, and 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 you have to take those days extremely serious. Guys, until Yom Kippur that we will discuss now, and then something lifts if all goes well, and we go into the feasting, the real high of the high um, holidays. But as we spoke about this as well, we said that. The there are um, um, characteristics in every month that we need to um, uh, trace these these points, and we can actually understand how they play out also in modern day time. Um, so, just to mention to the listeners, um, interestingly enough, I know many of them have, um, have been following the the elections, which would have passed by the time that this will be um, broadcast. And you're talking about the Israel elections, because we're dealing with elections of our own here in the United States as well. But you're talking about the elections in Israel. (laughs) Exactly. So that would have happened on the 17th of September, which um, this year falls exactly on the 17th of Elul. And that is the day um, when the spies that, that spoke against, that slandered the land, 
they died on this day. So it doesn't bode well, I have to say. It's not a very positive day to have your elections on. Um, the second thing that we need to take in, in account, which will then happen three days uh, or two days after Rosh Hashanah, which is coming in soon, um, is the third of Tishrei. And on that day, um, we also know that will be the indictment of um, Prime Minister Benjamin uh, Netanyahu. So, so both these days are difficult days. And the fast of Gedalia is actually the day when um, the last governor of Israel passed away. Uh, so let me ask you a question. Yeah, you, and it's very important to do so. But let me ask you a question. Some of these things are tied to Hebrew tradition, and some of these things are tied to Hebrew biblical uh, embedded truths in the Tanakh. Is this uh, uh, 17th day of Alul, is that uh, Hebrew tradition, or is that in, in, in Scripture? No, it's not a tradition. It's not a tradition. Just remember, we know our own history. So that that date is definitely like you have your American history. We know that it's been passed on from generation to ge- generation that we know that on that day the spies. Right. Um, but but it's not. If somebody so wanted to say where, where's a scripture and verse for that, you wouldn't be. You just have to go into like uh, uh, like some of the writing of, of Josephus or a history book, you could you could d- definitely identify it, but it may not be actually recorded in, in the Tanakh. Is that it's accurate? Recorded. It, it's recorded. It's recorded in our Talmud. Like you have okay. Josephus, we have a historical book, which is also part of the Torah, which is recorded in that book that it was on the 17th of Elul. Very good. Now it's time to launch in. We, we kind of set the stage here so that you could talk with the remaining uh, eight minutes or so about this wonderful, this is one of my most favorite days ever. And this is, 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 is uh, you'll keep poor. Uh, this is the time where all things are cleansed and a new start. Go ahead, Honorina. Right, so so that's the day when you there's a few things that you don't do. We know that it is a day of fasting. Um, we also know for, for the Jewish people, you don't eat, you don't drink, you don't wash yourself. You don't have to take a very good shower before. Um, no anointing. Um, basically, nothing that you will treat yourself with on that day. No marital relations. That's the day when you let go of this world. Uh, um, and you stand before God um, as our Jewish sages teach, almost as angels. At that point, we 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 join the angels um, in 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 a certain status where we can stand before Him for this most holiest of days, um, where He then signs and seals you for the year to come. Wow, and it's a sad in, in many ways. I I look back right now since I've spent time with you for some time now and have dug into the Hebrew uh, verses and the Tanakh, I step back and I go, this is, uh, this is a, a vital time, an important time, a time for things to really register in the eyes and hearts of a believer. And I step back and look at the, 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 the Christians, uh, the Christian church and things like that. The, this time frame is literally very little uh, spoken of, uh, and it really needs to be brought to great attention. This is a vital and important time, is it not? I think, Kaz, what you are doing um, is you bringing back the awareness to the world about the most important day on God's calendar. How can you not 
um, focus on this? How can you not at least acknowledge what is happening on this day? And through many lectures that I've been giving over the years, um, I've, I've had so many people that have come back to me and say, thank you for just making us aware of this. Uh, we've lost trace of this somewhere along the line. Um, um, and Kaz, well, if we, if we only had a heads up, if we only know about these things, how much more can we align ourselves more effectively with it? But then to also understand the character of of this day. And it, 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 it's, a, it's a difficult day, Kaz. It, it's not a day where um, your soul works. It's a a day where you you really work your soul. You go before God and and, and you make sure that you have cleansed um, your understanding, the things that you've done and the places where you might have done things wrong. And I just want to say something wrong with repentance because this is very important. We've mentioned this before. Repentance is not just saying sorry. Repentance is if you have hurt hurt a person, you have to go to that person and say you're sorry. Uh, you can't just quickly do a prayer and go, oh, uh, please forgive me because I've hurt this person. That's not how you're going to get any kind of atonement here. You have to go to the person and make it correct. You're, you know, they always say the, the strength of a chain is as strong as its weakest link. Mm-hmm. Your connection with God is only as strong as your connection with people. Because God is in the people's business. <laughs> and if you are going to make... Um, um, a mess of your relationship with people. You cannot go and stand before God. Oh that is His creation, my. and that's why in in in, in Yom Kippur you have to make sure that you stand before you've you've done you've you've rectified um, your situation with friends and family before you stand before God. Yes. And then you have to go on and you have to ask forgiveness also before God, and then you have to build in a full faith to make sure that you're not going to make that mistake again, because otherwise you're not really serious about that. That's what Yom Kippur is all about. And for us, the Jewish people, we take every possible mentioning of the word sin. And again, you have to understand um, uh, sin or, or the place where you have done incorrectly. There are many, many Hebrew words um, that describe different kinds of situations. But we go through that whole biblical list and we say, on this item, I've done so-and-so-and-so. On this item, I've done so-and-so. You, you really come through your year and you make sure before the gates close on Yom Kippur that you have, you have really probed into yourself and into your year so that you can come out with a clean slate at the end of that day. My, my. Honorina Chaiman, uh, Align with Zion and the Align with Zion Hour. We, we've talked about some pretty heavy things going on right here. And my friend, uh, <laughs> the, the, the good part is what happens after you have done that. Uh, that's what we're going to talk about in the last sec- section, the last segment here. We're going to actually talk about this um, Feast of Tabernacles is what we say uh, in in the English, this is this is this is uh, this is the celebration of celebrations. We're going to talk. Uh, this is this is remarkable. This is the capstone of everything that has gone before. And Honorina and I are going to talk about that in this last segment when we come right back. More come together, San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next. FM one hundred six point one and AM twelve ten K Praise. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor, FM 106.1 and AM 1210, K-Praise. 
Wow, the last segment of this first hour of Come Together San Diego, the Align with Zion Hour. And this is one of the most exciting topics in all of Scripture, to my mind. And uh, we've, we've talked about the what we would call in, in English the, the, the Feast or Festival of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement. And all those things are to set the stage for what uh, Honorina often says, now it's time to party. <laughs> and so, Honorina, th- I know this is a time that you, you love as well because you're one of the most fun-loving people that I've ever met. And, uh, you know, sometimes I, I think, you know, from the Gentile mind, I go, a, a Hebrew being so celebratory, what's going on with them? They're, they're partying all the time. Well, this is the party of parties, and uh, we would call it uh, the Feast of Tabernacles. This is the conclusion uh, of the uh, of the trumpets and the Day of Atonement, and that everything mm-hmm. is meant to get us right vertically and horizontally, that is, vertically with our God, mm-hmm. but also horizontally with one another. And once that is accommodated, guess what? It's the time of what you would call Sukkot. And so I'm going to hand the ball over to you, and then uh, we've got you know maybe ten minutes left in, in this whole first hour. So Honorina Hyman, align with Zion. <laughs> Show us the party. <laughs> Thank you, guys. It culminates actually on the seventh day, and we we're going to discuss all of that. So so um, I think the listeners um, heard through and gathered through what we spoke about. That there's a lot of work. There's a lot of intense solical work that goes on between Rosh Hashanah, even beginning in the Elul, and then um, um, ending um, in Yom Kippur when the gates close on the, on the night, in the evening, um, when the evening comes. And then, you know, I've done my part now. We come in clean slate for, for what needs to happen next. And then comes the party. <laughs> and, and, and it's like an after party. But it's very, very important because it's, it's so deep and so, so important, Kaz. So God is, as you said, the in-gathering where you can see your harvest and you can go, oh boy, now that I've done all the Yom Kippur stuff and everything, I can sit um, on my stoop, I can sit in front of, of my harvest and I can go, boy, you know, pat myself on the shoulder and go, I've, I've done great, you know. <laughs> and that's when, that's when God actually says, well, also here, I will build in a fail safe for you not to not to lose um, the point that I'm actually the one that's given you all of that. Yes. And, in, in, and that's why we have Sukkot, the Sukkah. The Sukkah um, um, has to be built in such a way that it, it has to be flimsy. And, and you, when you, let me just give the, let me your interpretation, the Sukkah or this tent. So a lot of times people may not know what that is, but the Feast of Tabernacles is the Feast of Tents, really, T-E-N-T-S. Yeah. And uh, we've yeah. gone through the times of tents, T-E-N-S-E. <laughs> now we're going through the, <laughs> the Feast of Tents, T-E-N-T-S. And that's why you call it the Sukkot. Uh, which is tied to the you guys say ta- tabernacle. Yes, we say the sukkah. The, the the Hebrew word in the Bible is a sukkah, sukkah. and a sukkah has to be built. The, the, the only way that it's successful is if, if, if this thing is flimsy. If it's not flimsy, it's not a good sukkah. Why does it have to be flimsy? <laughs> it has to be in such a way that even you have to be able to see the stars um, through the roof. Um, it means that you are opening yourself up in, in some way to the, uh, the natural elements, meaning you're putting yourself at a disadvantage so that God can be the one that protects you. You move into a sukkah to say, 
I'm not building myself this fortress because God is my protection. God is the one that provided for me um, in this harvest that I can see right now. So, Cash, that's the one thing. The second thing is we know that in uh, Zechariah, the nations need to come up to pray for rain in the times coming. So, naturally, if you look into the festival of um, Sukkot, we have to pray for rain. That's the time when we start praying for rain. And that's, where, that's why the nations um, in the days coming uh, join us in this prayer. And the nation that will not come up to Israel will not have rain. And we can see this happening already. A lot of Christians are preempting this. They are believing with us that we are entering these days. So, I have to honestly tell you, Kaz, when Sukkot comes, I say my house because Jerusalem is flooded with people, flooded with people. It's beautiful to see. But you, you just go and um, put your toe into the water, just dip it in the water and you come back because it, it's overwhelming to see what's actually happening um, during this festival. Yes, yes, so, yes. Um, connected to, to the prayer for rain, um, in the temple, they had the water libation, which is very important because throughout the year, there was only a wine libation twice a day uh, throughout the year. But um, during Sukkot, the seven days, we have a water libation together with the wine libation. What is the significance of this? Um, the wine libation is your life. You plant a vineyard, you water the vineyard, you grow the vineyard, you prune the vineyard, you wait for the vineyard, you, you, finally you get some grapes, you, the grapes get crushed, um, and then it needs to mature. That's your life that oh is poured out before God on, on the altar. So why, and this is the question, because on Shana um, Rabat, the seventh day of the court, they say, and I get goosebumps when I say this, you have not seen joy in your life <laughs> if you've not seen the celebration that happened on Oshana Rabbah at the temple in Jerusalem at Sukkot. It was beyond this world. And that was surrounded or it surrounded this whole water libation thing. Why? What is so significant about water when wine is so much more um, 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 precious to you? And, and the thing there, um, Kat, is that water actually represents not only God's his word, but it also represents his unconditional love. Oh we cannot do without that. And that's why we have to rejoice around that so much, because we rejoice around his unconditional love that is poured out for us on a daily basis so that we can live our lives oh my. Um, for him. You know, one of the times I was in Israel, it was during the Feast of Tabernacles, and, and where I was staying, the next-door neighbor uh, came over and said, would you, you know, would you like to help us build the, 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 the sukkah? Uh, and before she finished okay. her sentence, I said, yes, yes, yes. So I went over there, and, and what, they, what, they do, what they did is they had a place just outside, which was a patio area that was kind of open, open, yeah. open sky, you know, and so they, they, they had uh, palm branches brought in. Yeah. And what you did is you put the palm branches 
on the top. And you're right. It's not a, a, a hefty uh, structure. You could look right through it. And it's, you, you call, use it the word flimsy. But this really does identify. To me, it was like the, the, the human flesh is more flimsy than the spiritual part of mankind. And it's taking us Correct. to let us uh, appreciate uh, our form, but also appreciate the power and, and heart cry that God has instilled within us. Let's talk a little bit about how people can find out more about Align with Zion and alignwithzion.com. Bring it close okay. to this festive time, on Arena Chaiman. Just one thing more. We know that the nations are coming up, Chad, and we know that all of this has to do with the nations that will stand before God at the end of time. Um, and because of that, also, when you read in the Bible, during those seven days, Israel had to bring 70 bull offerings. The reason for this is there are 70 nations. All the nations in the world are being represented by the number 70. So that's why 70 bulls had to be um, a sacrifice during Sukkot. And that just shows you again that the Jewish people and Israel has to be the intercessors for the world standing before God as a priestly nation. Um, f- helping them, not just um, praying for the rain for the nations, but also intercessing for the nations themselves. That brings me to a line with Zion. Um, for us, the Jewish people, we've been keeping these festivals. We understand the, 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 the intricate part of these festivals, but it is so beautiful to see that there are so many Christians that are... Um, also describing um, the quality and the understanding and the appreciation to these festivals and understanding that these are biblical festivals, these are festivals that God um, um, initiated and that we have to keep. And if people want to know more about that, about everything that helps us to align more with these elements that God, by which God is governing his world, they can go to align with Zion, um, www.com. Align with Zion, that is A-L-I-G-N with Zion.com. And we have lots of material there that they can study. Yes, and Facebook too? Ah, Facebook too, and SoundCloud. (laughs) Honorina, thank you for joining me on this Align with Zion Hour. My listening friend, we have another segment upcoming, and you will be thrilled with that as well. Honorina Hyman, thank you for uh, splashing that water and wine upon us here in San Diego (laughs) from Jerusalem. I just want to wish all the listeners uh, Shana Tova a very good and sweet new year. And may they be blessed um, with the blessings of God in the year to come. Wow, wow, wow. And my friends, I'll be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. KPRZ, San Marcos, Poway, and K29CR, Encinitas, FM 106.1, North County, AM 1210, San Diego, KPraise. I'll tell the world, world, world. Come together, San Diego, with Cash Taylor on FM 106.1 and AM 1210, KPraise. I'll tell the world, world. And welcome back, my friends. Come together, San Diego, and we have a great second hour for you. First, I'm going to start you out with a Bible verse. That's kind of what Kaz does sometimes. Uh, 3 John uh, 1 verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be healthy even as your soul prospers. So today we're going to talk about how that soul prospers, but also how you can be in health, not only in the spiritual, but in the natural. And I have a 
friend that is in the studio who is also a well-regarded, highly regarded author as well. Her name is Robin Thompson, and they have a, she and her friend partner, uh, Dana Dimitri, is going to be with us on the phone. I think Dana's on the line as well. Good to have you, Robin. Thank you, I'm excited to be here. It's been a while since we've actually chatted. Catching up, so it's been really nice. Yes, yes, yes. So this is quite a book. I mean, I had a chance to stroll through this, and it's kind of got lots of stuff. Yeah, well, we wrote it, we specifically wrote it initially, our thoughts were for women of faith, 45 plus, because we know that as we age, we have unique needs for our health, and we tend to be gaining weight, and there's no reason that we have to give in. But the great thing about it is as we implemented all of our strategies in the book, we realized it's actually for everybody of yes. all age. And you said and we. And men, too. Exactly. Men, too, men for too. sure. In but, fact, you guys do even better than us <laughs> women. It's not really fair, but that's just kind of how it is. <laughs> you use the reference to we, and it's time for you to introduce the other part of the we, your co-author in this, uh, Dana. And why don't you introduce Dana, and we'll bring her on to okay. engage in this conversation as well, because we're going to dig deep. Well, my co-author is Dana Dimitri. Dana, are you on the line with me? I am. Hello, Hello. everybody. Hi there, Dana. Hello, Dana. We're we're excited to visit with you as well. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thanks for having us. It's a pleasure. And I've known Robin for quite some time, and she's always been kind of a healthy person and healthy spirit, soul, and body. So having this book out and, and, and sharing these truths is not a big surprise to me. So let's start out first before we actually delve into the content of the book, because my listening friend, pay close attention. This is going to be... Uh, help you in a natural and spiritual sense as well. So, Robin, uh, just a quick overview about how you got sitting in this chair that you are today, and also a, a brief one for you, from you, Dana, so that you're going to be next, Dan, Dana, so be concentrating on what okay. you want to say. I'll, Robin. <laughs> I'll try to keep it short. Yeah, we'll keep it short. Um, I have been a health and wellness coach for 25 years. I am an advanced clinical weight loss practitioner, so that was my focus, was helping people lose weight through cleansing and detox. And around the eight, my early 40s, I actually started gaining weight. And what I was teaching my clients to do wasn't mm-hmm. working for me anymore. My, so you needed to rethink yeah. things. Well, I felt so out of integrity, so I thought, I need to do something to change. And many of the uh, health and uh, strategies as far as eating plan and all of that is what is in our book. But I made major changes to my diet after researching and actually was able to get lean again and increase my energy and vitality. And then Dan and I, we'd been friends and ministry partners actually Mm -hmm. years ago. um, And we had lost touch and we came back together about, I don't know, six, seven years ago, Dana was doing some podcasting, invited me to come on a show. She was coaching people with lifestyle. And that's how we got yes, together. I yeah. And, and, and I, I understand from Robin, Dana, that you are have been a broadcaster and a producer in the actual radio world. How amazing. Yes. In fact, the studio you're sitting in, Kaz, I used to do daily talk radio um, with our pastor, Dr. Scott Live. We did for a couple years, and then I did a health show every Saturday. So I love it. And uh, it's yes. so much fun. Radio is such a great way to communicate and and connect with people across those airwaves. So yes, it's yes, very yes. fun. So let, let's spend a moment or two giving some you know people some insights yes. about 
uh, Dana Dimitri, and then we're going to kind of dive into the content of the book because it's got some remarkable sure. things in here. So, Thank you. Dana, well, like Robin, I've been in health and wellness for years. My first profession, I was a registered nurse. I, I did a lot of different things, but I specialized at the end in labor and delivery. I was a childbirth educator. I was also in fitness uh, for many years as uh, kind of a, a side to my nursing. I was a um, fitness instructor, and I owned my own athletic club. So uh, loving all things physical, but also like Robin, had my own share of challenges. As a young woman, I actually struggled with emotional eating issues. By the time I was in nursing school, I was binging and purging up to five times a day. This is before I came to know the Lord. And so I ended up having horrible panic attacks, all sorts of, you know, physical issues from the unhealthy lifestyle, body image issues, you know, spiritual issues. And I came actually to find God because the panic attacks were so severe that I really thought I was dying and nothing like a wake-up call to think you're dying and ask yourself some of those important questions. And so um, even though I had the medical background and certainly as the years progressed and the Lord healed me of my bulimia and some of my unhealthy attitudes about food, um, you know, I also was able to then in a healthy way take my health background and coaching people in health and wellness and nutrition and weight loss for a long time. Yes, we yes. are both senior chicks, so we've been at this together collectively probably 50 years. Don't you so mean senorita? <laughs> Senoritas, yes. You know, th- th- this is so cool because, you know, a lot of people have different uh, life choices as far as what they want to do for hobbies and skills and things like that. And when you can tie that skill set into a ministry-related uh, involvement, I mean, how remarkable is that? So I know that... Uh, you're going to tell us a little bit more about the Eat, uh, Live, and Thrive diet book, but uh, let's d- draw the parallel between the actual writing of the book and God's stuff that you have embedded within the book. And, Robin, I'm going to start you with that question and have Dana uh, carry you through. We've got about two minutes left in this segment. Okay. Robin? Well, you'll see as you actually, when you read the book, the very first two chapters are about changing your habits from the inside out. And we use principles that are from renewing your mind, and you can focus and meditate on God's Word to help you with that. Yes, yes. Dana? Yeah, and I would say, just as I was sharing in my little personal testimony about the panic attacks and the out-of-control bulimia, that was the first spiritual lesson that God taught me. So it's been foundational to my speaking and writing for years, but we really feel like knowing what to do is super important, but knowing how to get yourself to do it is a whole other side of this, this ongoing challenge. People have in all sorts of areas, not just health and nutrition, and so we really feel that um, God has given us so many spiritual truths that transform our mind, which ultimately transforms our habit. And so, throughout, while the book is not a Bible study per se, no, 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 we just organically, out of our own life experience and God's truth and Word and how He's transformed us, taught the things we learned about long-term change because we know. People struggle. The bulk of people are struggling with trying to maintain a healthy lifestyle, and it so impacts the quality of our life and our ability to live out our God-given purpose. Yes, uh, yes, so yes. Th- that's why it's not just about eat this way and do these things. It's really um, digging in to our thoughts and looking at the spiritual side of things, asking our why and trying to bring God glory and honor in our lifestyle without feeling, you know, I love Romans 12, 1 for there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So this comes 
to you with spiritual truth without condem- condemnation because God knows our struggles. Exactly. And you know, one of the things that I've noticed, a person can say, give you mouth service or give you the nod and say, yeah, we're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. But there's a difference between having that verbally making the verbal commitment and actually following through. A pastor friend of mine used to say that a man or a woman convinced against their will is of the same persuasion still. In other words, they'll give you the, the nod and say, yeah, we're going to do it. But then making the decision, it has a lot to do with the way you deal with your relationship with the Lord as well. A lot of people go, yeah, okay, yes, yes, yes. But then when it gets right down to it, they're and they're they're apprehensive, or they just don't they they don't pay it off, so to speak. And I'll tell you something: when you uh, make the decision and you go for it, it changes your life in the Lord. But also, uh, good health habits can do the same thing. We're going to talk more about the right health habits and how to uh, di- discover them, and then how to live in them, won't we, Robin and Dana? We're going to, <laughs> and then yes, we will. <laughs> I guess we'll be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show with Cass Taylor. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Hey, my friends. We're back again. And I'm with the co-authors of Eat, Live, Thrive, Diet, a wonderful book that helps you balance the spiritual side of health with the natural side of health. And uh, my in-studio co-host is Robin Thompson. Hey, Robin. Hey there. And we've got uh, Dana Dimitri on the telephone. She is joining us as well. And uh, we're we're having a real fun time talking about uh, making the decision to move into a diet, but it also relates to the decision to receive the Lord as your Savior. I mean, there's some things that go along with it, but the benefits far outweigh the uh, the any other apprehensions that you may have. So let's talk a little bit about the decision-making process from your perspective, Robin, and I'm going to have you chime on in, Dana, as well. So, Robin? Well, it is a decision, yeah. and it is a commitment when you want to change your health and lifestyle. And like Dana had been saying earlier, um, sometimes, you know, you may be thinking you want to make changes, but you have so many ingrained habits that don't move you in that way. So using principles of renewing your mind and focusing on meditating on God's word, and it could be a simple uh, statement such as, um, you know, maybe you've failed at all the diets you've done in the past. Well, instead of thinking you're a failure all the time, you can be saying something like, I can do all things, including change my health through Christ who strengthens me. That's good. And speaking that over yourself and repeating it over and over because it is a truth. It is, and, you know, stop believing the lies and then making that decision and continuing to focus and meditate on that word. Dana, uh, along the same lines, one of the things that I observe is sometimes a person will say, uh, I'm going to do this, and then they get discouraged and they go, that's it. But one of the things that you have to learn is the determination, the discipline, the perseverance. And it's, you know, you learn it little steps at a time. And then when you got it, all of a sudden the world is yours to conquer. You want to talk a little bit more about that, Dana Dimitri? Well, absolutely. I, you know, I think the thing is, people 
too often have this all or nothing black or white attitude. And it, when it comes to faith and we come and, and, you know, receive the Lord Jesus as our Savior, we're all excited. And then, you know, we think, uh-oh, look at that. I messed up there. I messed up here. We're a work in progress. I mean, in a, in a moment of believing, we are transformed. We're a new creation. We have the ability to... Um, overcome sin and so forth. Well, but we're not completely sanctified. We're not completely changed in that just because we made the decision. It is a a process. And I think people need to realize the very same thing when it comes to lifestyle. You're a work in progress. It is not... um, it, it, with uh, with the exception, the rare exception when God chooses to do an immediate miracle. There are people that have just been healed of whether it's illness or uh, besetting sins. You know, it could be gambling, alcoholism, or, you know, compulsive eating. God certainly can do that. But in my experience, most often he doesn't because there's so much to learn and so much growth that happens in that process. So making the decision is essential. And the thing is, we have to make that decision not only every day when we wake up, we have to make it every hour. And we do, it's the same as when we're walking with the Lord. With You know, we choose to walk in the Spirit, so we will not fulfill the deeds of this flesh. But what, is it, what does a Christian's walk look like? From my perspective, if we could really see it accurately, it's a zigzag between the flesh and the Spirit yes, yes, yes. all day long. Now, as we mature, it becomes more of the Spirit. Yes. So I want you, Robin, I'm going to pass it to you, and then I'm going to have... Uh, uh, Dana give a closing statement on this, but relate to what she said. She's talking about the spiritual things. Now, I want you to apply it to the initial preparations in uh, dieting. Well, I what comes to my mind is actually one of our clients because we have um, our Eat Live Thrive Academy. We actually do virtual coaching with um, women. That's just for women. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think of one of our clients who um, was overweight. Uh, she actually needed to lose about 100 pounds for health. And in her journey, she realized that she was using food for comfort. Yes. And a lot of people do that. Um, and realizing that, she felt like the Lord was revealing it to her. And he was saying, you know, I'm your comfort. Mm. So in that decision and how she moved forward with that was she would speak, you know, I don't need food for comfort. The Lord is my comfort. And she would just continue to meditate on that and repeat that. And initially, it felt like a lie to her, and it didn't feel real. But as she continued to focus and meditate and go to the Lord for comfort every time she wanted to go for food, it made huge impact on her lifestyle choices. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Dana, thoughts on this? Well, I mean, I totally agree. It is. It, it's. It's a combination of um, surrendering to the Lord and doing our part and letting Him do His. I love a, a quote by Oswald Chambers. He says, "We cannot do what only God can do, and He will not do what we can." So oh it's that. Say that again. Can, that's a, that's a goodie. That's a keeper. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. He says, "We cannot do what only God can do." And he will not do what we can. So we can't save ourselves. We can't, you know, we didn't create ourselves. We, but he gives us this level of responsibility to be good stewards of that which he's given us to include our body. So we have, the, and our mind, stewards of our mind. We're kind of talking about decisions here and some of the things we're doing beneath the surface before we actually jump into yes. eating a certain way and making choices. Um, but 
he doesn't just, you know, we don't just say a prayer, God, you know, make it easy for me to not, you know, crave sugar and take away. He Sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't, because he, there is something to learn in that. So he's like, well, renew your mind and seek me instead. And he he just doesn't make things easy just for the sake of making <laughs> them easy. I don't think he makes them hard either. We make them hard. Yes, yes, yes. My listening friend, I hope this is uh, speaking to you. You know, th- these truths that... Uh uh, Robin and Dana are sharing with you that really deals with a, a wise lifestyle for uh, uh, health in the natural, but also health in the spiritual. And sometimes uh, we tend to go, I'm just going to take the easy route. Well, I, God isn't the creator of the easy route as much as he is a creator of giving you things that, uh, how do I want to say this, that he he puts fixes challenges in front of you to bring you to where he he knows that you need to be. And so if you're looking for the easy way out, then this God's going, you're not signing up for the easy way out. You're signing out for, you're signing up for an intimate relationship with me and solutions, not just quasi solutions, the real solutions. So my, my friend, I, I want this to be an inspiration to you, but you know, a lot of times we look for diets and goes, you, you know, you take this pill and you'll be, uh, you know, you'll lose a hundred pounds in uh, two months and look, you know, look at all the people of the opposite sex looking at you going, Oh wow. How wonderful that is. Oh, Look, there's some there's a decision that we have to make. And within that decision, there's a commitment. And once you make the the commitment, the Lord will intervene where necessary. But sometimes he just kind of lets you go because the some of the best lessons you can learn are by uh, persevering yourself. I want to speak to that just briefly, Robin. And we've got about a minute or so. And I'm going to have Dana close this section. I'm going to actually, Dana, have you close this with a little prayer to our uh, listeners and to encourage them. But I'm going to. Have you start out, would you, Robin? Well, I was just going to say that on the journey towards lifestyle change and health and weight loss, um, we generally see it might be three steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, one step back. One step forward, two steps back sometimes. (laughs) I knew she was going to go there. That's how it is. is. But it doesn't mean that you're, you're not gaining and I don't mean gaining weight, just, uh-huh. you know, moving forward. That's just how it is. And it is a journey. And I th- uh, we believe that God wants to be part of that journey. Exactly, exactly. And Absolutely. you, you got to take the journey. And you know what I'm going to have you do, Dan? I, I've sensed that you're both evangelists. I mean, just by just listening to you talk. <laughs> so I'm going to give you about a minute now to, to pray over our listeners, to give them right. what, what it takes to make the decisions. And it could be dietary or it could just simply be spiritual things or commitments and things like that. So would you... Uh, kind of give us a a prayer for our listeners and then we're going to take a break and come right back. Absolutely. Heavenly Father, I just lift up all of the listeners right now that are struggling in this area. Sometimes we want to scream out, I know I did in in times of my life, what's wrong with me? Why do I do the thing I don't want to do and and not do the thing I want to do? Oh yeah, we remember that scripture. That's Paul. The Apostle Paul said that. And so God, I want each listener to know that you know the struggle that's called the struggle of the flesh that we we live on in this earth. And I pray that you would give just a sense of encouragement that in you, we have everything that we need and you're growing us. And, and as Robin said, you, you, you are part of the process. 
And so often we're learning so much more than just how to be healthy. We're learning how to surrender. Yes. And so I pray for each person, God, that you would take them right where they're at. And if they're feeling hopeless in this area of health and wellness and weight loss, I pray you would give them hope in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you very, very much, Dana. You know, there's a difference between thinking about something and actually moving into action. Stay with us uh, because we're going to inspire you to make from the decision to the action, and you're going to be pleased with the results. So Dana and Robin and Kaz will be right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Hi, San Diego. This is Pastor Larry Peltier of Beach Chapel, Encinitas. Lord, we pray for grace and favor for all of San Diego, all those who are homeless, who are sick, who need help. We just thank you, God. Now, more of Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. And welcome back. We've got co-host Robin Thompson. And uh, on the phone, we have her co-author, uh, Dana Dimitri, and the book is called Eat, Live, Thrive, Diet. We're digging into some of the nuances of making the decision to do dietetic things and, or making the decisions to go further with God. They both are inter- interchangeable in some ways. Uh, we're just about ready now to dig into some of the specifics on what to do. But if, would you pardon me for just a second, Robin and Dana? One of the things we like to do on Come Together San Diego is when there's a, an event upcoming, we like to, because we're Come Together San Diego, and so what we like to do is we like to give people just a minute or two to tell some insights on some things that are going on in San Diego County. And I want to introduce our listener friends to Ann Okitsu Said, and she is a, a Uganda missionary, and she's got uh, people that are going uh, on some conferences on the October 3rd, 4th, and 5th in San Diego County, actually the Lemon Grove United Methodist. Hey, Ann, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fine. Now, I got, I got a couple of minutes for you to tell a brief story about what's going on. Cool stuff for October 3rd, 4th, and 5th here in San Diego County. Lay it on us, Anne. Yes. Let me uh, introduce Wilberforce Okumo. He's the leader of this conference, and he has some few words to say to you. Let Very me good. introduce him now. Very good. Hey, Pastor Okumo. Hi, Wilberforce here. Hello, hello Pastor Okumo. I you, and I invite you to... It's the World Harvest Conference soon to be held in San Diego, California, sending out laborers into his harvest. Our aim and purpose in this conference is to engage believers into the experience of Christ and to share him with the world of our time. Yes. Awaken Christians to the urgency of the Lord's harvest. This, I believe, should be the occupation of every believer. For Jesus said, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. I invite you to join us and just be encouraged to serve God in your time. Very good, so Pastor. Pastor Okumo, I've had a chance um, to look at some of the, the videos. Uh, uh, and I've had a chance to look at some of the videos uh, there, and it's really yeah. kind of amazing when you get in, in, in Uganda and the missionary work that you got, you people do there, it's remarkable how captivated people can be with the Word of God. So uh, yeah. so basically you want to bring that heart cry into the World Harvest 
conference here in Lemon Grove. And uh, give us the dates one more time and the name of the church and, and the conference, and then give us a website how we can find out more information, Ann. Yes. It will be held at Lemon Grove United Methodist Church, who offered their church so graciously. Their address is 3205 Washington Street, Lemon Grove, California. Again, that's 3205 Washington Street, Lemon Grove, California, 91945. The conference is free. So if you'd like to join us for our delicious barbecue mm. rib lunch, <laughs> yes. For the price of a donation, register at www.worldharvestconference.org. Again, that's www.worldharvestconference.org. Or you can call me, Anne, at 760-710-1826. So just bring a friend. Be inspired. You're going to hear 19-year-old Brooke. Um, who started at the age of 16, yep. evangelizing, going door-to-door, and she is going to be an amazing speaker. So come, yes. and you will be changed. October yeah. 3rd, Thank 4th, you. and 5th World Harvest Conference. And actually, I'm going to be having you and Pastor Okumu on the air. Uh, on um, the cl- isn't, isn't that right? Uh, uh, that that had to be moved. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Now, folks, what, so what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to pay attention to this announcement and go go there October 3rd, 4th, 5th. It's called the World Harvest Conference in Lemon Grove United Methodist. And thank you, Pastor Okuma. Thank you for joining us for this little update on what's going on. It's a pleasure talking thank with you. you, and thanks for checking in. Okay. Okay. Thank you, You're welcome. <laughs> it's live radio. What yeah, can I say? What are you going to do, Robin? <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of fun, Dana. We've been having some fun digging into. We we set we set the stage. Now we want to dig more deeply in the how tos for for you know the actual uh, diet process and things like that. Food choices. Where would you recommend that we go in this co-host? Well, let's talk about let's talk about the plan. Yes. The plan of the diet and because a lot of people even when they're reading the book, even though the first several chapters are dedicated to what we were talking about earlier, sometimes people just want to dive right into changing and we tell them they can go ahead and do that, but they need to go back and read the other chapters at some point because they're so important. Exactly. But um our plan is uh, a three-phase cyclical approach. So it's you can start with what we call the elimination phase. That's where you're eliminating some specific foods that we, we call them food culprits that you can potentially have sensitivity to or that potentially lead to, um, uh, if you have insulin resistance, uh, they can you know be bringing in too many carbohydrates into your diet. Um, so we have you eliminate those foods for a period of time, and that will jumpstart your metabolism, it will jumpstart your weight loss. And again, in that time frame when you're eliminating them, it's about maybe 14 days minimum or more, you will start to really change in how you're feeling, your energy, your vitality, um, just inflammation going down. So that's the first phase. And then Dana, you want to jump into what phase two is? Come on, Dana. Yeah. And, and I do want to say, cause sometimes when you say elimination, people freak out like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to be eating, you know, boiled 
chicken and uh, tree bark, plain greens, you know, for the, the next two weeks. And it's really not that at all. It's so very doable. And there's three levels. But the, we also provide a ton of wonderful recipes. And, and, and truly, Tana, let me pop in real quick yes. and just say um, they can learn more about uh, this elimination, the book, but also the recipes, because we have free rep- recipes on our website at eatlivethrivediet.com. So if you want some of those yes. recipes and want to see them. Yes. Eat, live, yes. thrive, diet.com. Yes, we can yes. remember that. Some of the that. favorites are there, so you can you can start making them this weekend, like snickerdoodle muffins and lemon lemon poppy seed muffins, and <laughs> oh, just you know, from entrees to what you think you know you think you're going to be giving up all this stuff, but we make sure we've replaced some things that are going to make you feel like you're not giving up much at all. Um, so, as Robin said, after uh, phase one elimination, we move people into phase two, which is called discovery. And she mentioned the food culprits. Everybody's different. We know as people mature. Uh, age, whatever you want to call it, um, their carbohydrate threshold tends to drop. People often develop food sensitivities, not specific allergies, but sensitivities that can not only hold back weight loss, but, um, you know, so many other health issues. And so this is the time where you're going to discover which ones were holding you back. So you're going to bring back one food at a time. Um, Test it for about three days. Look for, we have worksheets in every single phase that makes it really easy. And you're just making a couple notes and trying uh, this particular food different ways. And then if it works for you, great. If it doesn't, you're going to, you know, kind of put it on a shelf and either consider it a caution food that you'll have just on rare occasions or a food that makes you feel so terrible or holds you back so much from weight loss. You're going to eliminate it probably 95% of the time. And this is a process. And so some people will go through all the foods. Some people will, you know, test the things that they, they of course, eat often. Because there's three levels on elimination, you know, sometimes people um, have done the easiest level, so they'll just test those. And that moves us to the next phase that I'll toss to Robin. Yes. Well, we've got about uh, a minute or so or left you. in this segment. Well, that's right. But uh, I have no clue except for <laughs> strolling through the book. And let me just say this, my friends, as I've strolled through the book, uh, it's very comprehensive. It's very comprehensive. It's very well written. But it's also written. It's not written words. It's written from the heart. Mm-hmm. It's 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 it's. Uh, written from the voices of experience and the voices of compassion, because, you know, this can be a daunting task, having to change my entire way of living. But when you realize you take it just little steps at a time, little steps, and and all of a sudden, bang. It's not overnight. And in fact, I still am going through the discovery phase periodically and uh, discovering new things about foods and how they affect me and how they affect my energy, how they affect my weight, how they affect my achy joints yes. and that type of thing. So it's not just about weight loss. It is about health, vitality, longevity. We'll yes. talk about the lifestyle phase after we get back. Yeah, the lifestyle phase. That's, that's really where it comes it's together, isn't it? you're going to live you know, most of the time is in the lifestyle phase. And we believe lifestyle should be where you are still able to either maintain your weight or lose and still enjoy your life. Because we love food and we love to eat, don't we, Deanna? (laughs) Oh, we do. Absolutely. And Kaz says amen. You know, there's a scripture (laughs) in in, in Job that I like when I deal with food and things like that. And this is, if you have your priorities right, it helps. And, And Job says, thy word I love more than my necessary meat. 
in Job uh, 23, 12. And the, the, I guess the point of the matter is, if you focus on the Lord and entrust him to help you get through some of these things, all of a sudden you're through it and you're also in a more intimate relationship with him and you win on both counts. Absolutely. How great. We're going to talk more yes. about these things. And you called them lifestyle choices? Well... We call it the lifestyle phase, phase which is okay. like where you're living for oh, the good. majority of your life. Okay. Well, yeah. we're going to deal with the lifestyle yeah. phase <laughs> when we come right back. Awesome. More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. And thank you very much. We are back for the last segment of this two-hour broadcast, and we hope we're encouraging you to go further, not only in the Lord, but in uh, a good lifestyle, a good health lifestyle uh, to improve things. And sometimes uh, when the you've got natural things uh, bugging you, it's hard to concentrate on the spiritual things, and God wants to have you as a well-oiled machine. And so I've got Robin Thompson, Eat, Live, uh, Thrive, Diet. Uh, the book and the website is eatlivethrive.com. Eatlivethrivediet.com. What did I say? Eat, Live, Thrive without the diet? Eat, Live, Thrive. Well, yeah. we, I'm trying to get the diet eat, out of live, my mind. Eatlivethrivediet.com. <laughs> but my, in my mind, what I'm trying to do is get the diet part out of my mind and all of a sudden I'm skinny. Well, you know, <laughs> diet is just what you're doing. That's what just you're what you're eating. doing. It doesn't have to be a negative. That's right. Right? That's right. So here's what we'd like to do, Dana, because Miss, uh, Miss Co-host over here was giving me instructions during the break. And I, so I'm <laughs> obligated to share with you some of the things that she told me. You know what's going uh-huh. on here. You know the lady. She's, oh, she's, she's telling she's, secrets, huh? <laughs> no, I'm just kind of directing him. <laughs> I said that's good because, uh, you know, what I do is I like to call people that join me in the studio my co-hosts. And she goes, okay, I can do this. So, so now she's telling me how to do the show. And I love that. And one of the things. <laughs> I that, love it. <laughs> one of the things that Robin wants you to do, if you'd be so kind, is to talk a little bit about the lifestyle phase. And she's going to come in and talk about some of the testimonials and results as well. So uh, I'm going to give it to you. Sounds Dana Dimitri. Okay, so as Robin said before we went to break, lifestyle phase is where you're going to live most of the time, probably 80%. But we haven't mentioned yet, Kaz, that this is a cyclical kind of a, a plan. And so you don't just move through, you know, elimination, discovery, and get to lifestyle and just sit there for the rest of your life. You're going to actually use those other phases, especially the elimination, and until you've discovered all you need to discover, which is, you know, a, a process. But in lifestyle, we want you to kind of figure out, okay, based on the testing I've done, what are the foods, we, we mentioned this in discovery, that I'm going to totally throw out because they just make me feel so terrible and they're so just not working for me. What are the ones I'm going to call caution foods? And what's my approach going to be? So Robin and I are very different physiologically. She has a lot of food sensitivities. I just have maybe one or two. Um, She uh, really likes to keep it simple. I kind of like numbers for whatever reason. So we designed two approaches. One is called keep it simple and it's really looking at portions. We give some direction to what we think most, especially the mature woman, 45 plus, can probably handle in generalities. Now, of course, again, they've chosen some of the foods that they're going to kick out of their diet plan because they're not working for them. And so we give portions and recommendations. On my, um, by the numbers, 
give more specifics to perhaps calories and the number of total carbohydrates with the idea of ideally even tracking how many calories you're burning using some kind of a fitness monitor, Fitbit or whatever. And it just suits different personalities. Sometimes people like to do a little bit of both. They want to get a reality check every once in a while with true hard numbers, but they don't want to do it every day. And that's what's the beauty of everything in our entire plan is make it work for you. It's not legalistic. We give you so many tools that you'll discover which tools really help you stay on track. But as we said earlier, we really believe that you need to lose weight about the same way you're going to keep it off with a few little tweaks and changes. Because if you don't learn how to eat in a real world, you're not going to keep it off. And about 95% of people gain back the weight they lose. So this is a process of, of ongoing discovery, but we want you to still feel like you enjoy your life. So that's why it's about making sure that you're really celebrating food. I always say God gave us taste buds for a reason. He just mm. didn't have us go like a car to a gas station and fill up our tank until we're no longer hungry, get the fuel we need to move off. He made it a celebration. He just doesn't want us to idolize it. So in lifestyle, we're learning how to relax a little bit, but still be working on that whole spiritual, emotional, um, mental relationship with food as well. I like it. I like it a lot. I know you have a few things you want to add there and then jump into some of the results and testimonies. Well, I did because what Dana was saying is um, we created this program as a not a cookie cutter size. It's not one size fits all. Everybody has different personalities. Everybody has different uh, body types and their bodies respond differently to different food. And so as an example, I think of some of our um, readers and some of our clients from our coaching program that their results um, have been amazing, but they've achieved them differently. I think of Lucretia, who she's lost 55 pounds. She did it really slowly. She did it over a year's time. She never moved past the the easiest level in our plan because in the elimination phase, we have three levels. She never did anything more than level one. And but she was she, consistent. Exactly. And she lost that weight and she has kept it off as well now. And then I think of Sandy, who lost about 25 or 30 pounds. Guess where, when she lost that? Through the holidays. Oh, my. She lost that weight starting um, just before Thanksgiving through all of November, December, and then through January. And for uh, I think she did a higher level in her elimination, level three. But she also incorporated um, our ELT eating cycle, which is... Um, intermittent fasting, but it's a more kinder, gentler approach. Fasting, of course, is biblical. Of course. And we teach about that in the book. And then um, I think of Paige, we were talking about earlier that uh, about the emotional eating and um, bringing her comfort to the Lord, asking the Lord for comfort rather than for food. food. And so for her, the, the transformation was very spiritual, and, and very much a mindset sw- uh, change. She's lost 65 pounds already. Wow. So, I mean, it's very different, very cookie cutter, uncookie cutter, sorry, yes. not cookie cutter. cutter. Non cookie huh? cutter. <laughs> and I'm going to give you the website once more, my friend, to, to find out more about this. Eat, live, thrive, diet.com. You know, one of the things that you offered, and it really struck a chord with me, is, is the, the component called coaching. And why don't you take a moment, and then I'm going to have. Uh, uh, Dana talk about it as well. So coaching, what does that mean uh, in, in light of all of this, Robin? 
Well, we have a coaching program. It's called Eat, Live, Thrive Academy. And we put that together because we know that people do better in lifestyle change when they're one, in community, and two, when they have support. And with this, we do uh, live coaching sessions twice a week. We connect with people individually um, uh, on Facebook. And um, and it's really, really economical for anybody to join. Our so it's reasonably program. priced so that they can just kind yes. of get and into the thing. And w- once you get into that environment, it's easier to jump off that springboard, isn't right. it? Oh, so much easier. And when other people are in the same boat that you are yes. and experiencing the same thing and you're sharing, it's amazing. Um, if anybody wants to learn more about that, that's eatlivethriveacademy.com. Eatlivethriveacademy.com. My listen, friend, we're coming down to the end of the show right now. And I, 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 both of you guys are evangelistic at heart. You really love the Lord. I really, one of the, when I hear uh, Dana talk, I'm saying, she does uh, she pounding a pulpit somewhere? She's really got the goods on something <laughs> like that. So I'm, we've got about a minute left in the show, and I'm going to give you uh, the honor, if you'd be so kind, Dana, Dimitri, to kind of pray over our listeners and seal everything, and then uh, you and Robin uh, Thompson and I will sign out. So uh, give it about okay. a minute, and then we're going to say sayonara to our friends. Okay. I would I would be privileged to do that. Heavenly Father, we are just so grateful that you love us, that you created us body, soul, and spirit, God. For this walk on this earth, uh, we have these vehicles you've given us for life called our bodies. And God, I pray for each person listening would just you know, take a look, take a uh, inventory of their body right now and ask you, God, not us, we're not here to judge anybody's health, but ask you, God, what can they do better to make sure they're maximizing their purpose that you've given them for each day that they have assigned here on yes. this earth. And Lord, if it's if it's holding them back, I just pray for breakthrough. Yes. I pray, God, that strongholds would be torn down, whether it's mental, emotional, spiritual. Sometimes our strongholds, Lord, we know we have we have wounds, deep wounds, and food is so yes, yes, delicious. Yes. And it's so wonderful, and thank you for giving us taste buds, but I pray that you would break down strongholds related to food because we run to it for comfort so so much, God. And I pray for those who are not feeling well. Uh, I know you revealed to both Robin and I in our own walk, and it's just a known fact that food can both um, heal us, but it can also cause many diseases. And so I pray that you would convict in your kind and gentle way that you do, and maybe sometimes, God, you do give us a little kick in the pants when we really need it because you want us to be uh, healthy and well. So I I just lift those, these needs up. You know, every single person listening right now, what their need is and pray that you, your Holy Spirit would just prompt them to take action and know that they need to do their part. And you, of course, always do yours. Amen. Oh, my, my, my. Uh, Dana, Dimitri, thank you for uh, giving your insights and your prayer on this thing. And Robin Tom- Thompson, how what a joy to see you again. Really, we've fun uh, to kind see of you. crossed paths a few times in our lives, haven't we? Absolutely. And uh, give uh, the website one more time as we say sayonara. It is eatlivethrivediet.com. <laughs> I love it. Your Rob- favorite word. <laughs> I know. Thank you, uh, my friends. Uh, that's what Come Together San Diego does. We try to. F- 
help you discover the best ways to live and thrive with the Lord. So thanks for joining us. Robin, th- thank you so much for being my co-host, and thank you for telling me what to do when it was appropriate. Oh, I, I appreciate that. that. My wife probably will text you and say thank oh. you. And my listening friends, <laughs> what a joy. And uh, we'll be back next week, so looking forward to having you then as well. And until then, all of us here say bye. Bye-bye. 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 Thanks for joining Chaz Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.